Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Proud to be here with you every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. We appreciate your patience today as we came in around 9.30 this morning, and we will be back to the normal schedule tomorrow. Uh, much appreciation for everybody that's listening in to the show. And as I told you, we're switching it up now. Thursdays are going to feature our fantasy football extensive conversation. Not to say there won't be some conversation throughout the week, but Thursdays, the extensive conversation with Mike Sofka of Hall of Fame Fantasy Football.com. And we are preparing you for the season. Yes, folks, this season is always fantasy football never goes away. In the greatest of ways, if you want to stay connected to the sport you love, you want to stay connected to the team you love and the players you love, well, then you keep listening to Mike Sofka and myself, Dan Tortora, and Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora every single Thursday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time as we proudly bring you everything that's going on inside of our thought process of the NFL and so much more. And with that being said, Mike Sofka of Hall of Fame Fantasy Football is with me, and you know that the Fantasy Football Power Hour is proudly brought to you by the Wildcat Sports Pub on 3680 Milton Avenue in Camillus, New York, and that is where you need to be watching all your games and obviously being inside of our Fantasy Football Challenge. Mike Sofka on the show right now. Mike, how are we doing today? Awesome. How are you doing? Doing very well, and and Mike, I want to get started with your website before we go anywhere else. I wanted to to get your thoughts on this. Uh, you have a new thing on your site called Dominate Your Draft. It's a new product that you're offering. It's only five dollars for people to get entered into this. So let everybody know what this Hall of Fame Fantasy Football dot com new offer is if they want help with their team this year. Well, the number one thing I get asked is, who do you like? Where? You know, how, what round should I take so-and-so and so forth? So I come up with my own rankings, and, you know, why wouldn't you want rankings of somebody who's, you know, done pretty good for themselves over the past few years? I want to pick everybody else's head. That's what I do. I, I'm always asking questions of people when I get together with them about fantasy football, about players, about about certain things involved in fantasy football. But, you know, I'm, I'm always asked, you know, well, why don't you give me some rankings? So for five bucks. You know, you might be able to win your league, and I offer two different products, whether it's in standard scoring or PPR. So for just five dollars, you can get the most updated uh, draft cheat sheet. It'll break it down for you: quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, and overall top picks as well. So I and I didn't leave out the kickers or the defense. Uh, individual defense isn't available yet, and and auction draft isn't available yet. But if you're you know, if, you're, if you play fantasy football, if you're new or if you're a veteran of the game and you want some decent rankings, you know, for five bucks, you can have that. Or if you want to up your game and get a playoff guarantee and, and, and you know, you're guaranteed to make the playoffs in your league, I have premium products as well. But for five bucks, you can't go wrong. No, and, and that's the whole thing about it is, you know, for just $5, you're going to be helping people out to plan out their road to winning a fantasy football championship, hopefully inside of the Wake Up Call Fantasy Football Challenge, but you got to go through me first as well. And you got to go through Mike if you're in the Florida League, but just what you could say about your products, about your excitement for it, you know, you and I have talked fantasy for a long time. We've known each other 
for almost a decade, and we met through fantasy football. So just what's life been like over the past decade as you've grown as, as a fantasy football guru, you know, a mind of the game, so to speak, and, and someone who wants to help? Just what you could say about what your love for fantasy has evolved to over the last 10 years. Well, it's become a, you know, a full-time job for me, basically. You know, I sleep and drink it. Every day of the year, there's something that I contribute to or something that contributes to me, you know, trying to make myself better. We all try to do that every day, you know, whether we're cognizant of it or not. You know, we really try to make ourselves better every day, whether you're a football player, whether in your life, in your job. And and that's the approach I took with fantasy football. I'm trying to make myself a little bit better every day. And if I can share some of the things I've picked up on or learned along the way, you know, that's a great thing for everybody involved. It's something I enjoy doing. It, it brings the, the NFL to a new level for me. It makes it a little more interesting. It's it's brought some of my relationships with some people closer, which is always a good thing. I've met a lot of nice people over the years. I've met some, some great business contacts as well. It's, it's really been a good thing. So, you know, saturating myself in it and becoming – you know, if fully enveloped in, you know, in the the thing that I call life of fantasy football, you know, it's been a great thing overall, and I look forward to continuing with my passion here. Speaking here with Mike Sofka of Hall of Fame Fantasy Football dot com, and our new place, our new home is Thursdays here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Proudly brought to you by the Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York. Uh, Mike, to jump into this uh, for today's conversation, I told you I kind of I want to go division by division and kind of see where that where the fantasy holes are and where the fantasy positives are. I want to start with the AFC North and the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, they have Joe Flacco as their quarterback, backed up by Lamar Jackson and uh, Robert Griffin the third. Their running backs are Alex Collins, Javoris Allen, and Kenneth Dixon. Michael Crabtree, John Brown, and Willie Sneed, all new to the team and their wide receivers. And then two new tight ends in Mark Andrews and Hayden Hurst now on the team as well for the Baltimore Ravens. Thoughts on on this team, you know, I'll I'll throw it to you and then I'll, I'll come back to it myself on just what you think about their fantasy value in the passing game as well as in the rushing game. Well, I think they did themselves some favors in the draft, first off. I thought, you know, Hayden Hurst was an excellent draw at 25. I was surprised he was there that late. Here's a guy I was real excited about, and I was hoping he would fall to the Jaguars, simply because I was at the draft party, and I, I think this guy just jumped off the page for me out of a lot of players. Hayden Hurst, watching him play out of South Carolina, I think they did themselves a good job by going and grabbing a Lamar Jackson, who I think may end up being one of the better quarterbacks out of this whole crew. They went ahead and they continued picking up great players in the draft. They got Orlando Brown, 83rd overall, to beef up that line. Mark Andrews, again, you wonder, well, why did they take Mark Andrews tight end at Oklahoma? They just took Hayden Hurst. As a, well, you know what? Everybody's going to this two-dominant tight end thing. New England tried to start that a couple years ago, and you're going to see more of that. And if you look around the league, it's becoming more of that. It's You know, you look at Tampa, they got O.J. Howard and and uh, Cameron Bray. Both of those guys are contributing. Philadelphia has Zach Ertz, yet they bring in Dow- Dallas Godert. So I could go on and on, but that's just 
the latest thing in the NFL. You need to have two tight ends. Lord knows one of them is going to go down anyway. You know, that's just math. There's injuries in the NFL. So the draft, I think, served them very well. I think Joe Flacco is going to continue to be the starting quarterback. I don't think Lamar Jackson is going to jump in right away. But I do think Lamar Jackson is the future of the franchise. I think even though at one time Joe Flacco was the highest paid player in the year, he doesn't seem to show up until playoffs, and it's just hit or miss whether they're going to make it that far or not. You know, they're always on the bubble there. I think Joe is Joe's days are numbered in Baltimore, unfortunately, for what he's contributed to the franchise. I think his career is in the, in the twilight here, and Lamar Jackson's the future. But Alex Collins should be a workhorse at running back. I know people were, you know, chomping at the bit for Kenneth Dixon. Uh, Buck Allen looked really strong at times when there was injuries. But Alex Collins looks to have secured that primary running back role, the three-down back, if you will, with uh, Javorius Allen being able to pick up third downs and Kenneth Dixon maybe the occasional change of pace. At the wide receiver, I, I liked Michael Crabtree a lot when he was with Oakland. I'm not sure he's a true number one. We're going to find out this year. I'm concerned about some of the wide receivers. I'm not as concerned about the future with the additions of Jordan Lastly and Jaleel Scott. But, you know, right now, Crabtree, Sneed, and John Brown, that that you know that imposes no fear. No cornerbacks are shuddering at the fact of who they have to face. Well, if I was a linebacker or a nickel guy, I'd be concerned about the linebackers because I really think Hayden Hurst is a is a rough, tough guy. He can play the H-back. He can run the ball. He can catch the ball. Unfortunately, he doesn't have a real nose for the end zone. But fortunately, that's what Mark Andrews has is a nose for the end zone. So that should be a good thing. They thought Max Williams was going to be the guy with the large hands there in, in Baltimore. But, you know, that hasn't been panning out primarily due to health concerns. I think the defense there is going to be strong as ever, which a lot of a lot of people underestimate the defense. They think the defense doesn't matter. I can get a defense here or there. Well, the Baltimore defense usually is in the top half of the league, but don't forget, defenses make your offensive players that much better. Maybe they turn the ball over in the opponent's red zone. Maybe they keep the other the other team's offense you know, off the field. You know, there's a bunch of things defense can do to help your offensive fantasy players. So that's never something to underestimate. I think the Baltimore Ravens are a, are a mid-team. They're probably an 8-8 eight eight type team at best, At you know, at this point as, as far as I see it. I think there's value in Alex Collins. If you're in a dynasty league, you want to snatch up Lamar Jackson, Hayden Hurst, and Mark Andrews. And for deep, deep guys for long-term payoff, because it takes three to five years for receivers normally, Jaleel Scott and Jordan Lastly there. But um, look for a mediocre Baltimore Ravens team outside of the defense, but look for some fantasy value there as well this year. Yeah, you know, and, and I, I tend to agree. You know, I don't think that this team is better than an 8-8 eight and eight team. Speaking uh, about the Baltimore Ravens here with Mike Sofka, on wake-up call with Dan Tortora. I like the Lamar Jackson factor. I feel like he should be utilized. I, as you know, you know, if you've been listening to the show, I'm a proponent that because everything is pretty much new on Baltimore's offense, that you should just make the whole thing new and let the leader be new and, and kind of go with the growing pains. I understand that, that you know with a job that's probably on the line with John Harbaugh, that that, that could make things worse and matters worse to roll the dice that big but at the same time if Joe Flacco doesn't come through then you know he could be losing his job anyways but Joe hasn't had a lot of weapons now we can say that he has some 
good fantasy weapons. But Michael Crabtree, the thing about him is, you know, he kind of became more of a weapon in Oakland than Amari Cooper was. And now he's in Baltimore. But it's about him staying healthy, and it's about him staying on the field. I lost a game during one of the weeks this past season because he acted like an idiot and got himself in trouble in the first half of a game, got kicked out of the game, and that affects I think he got me one point in fantasy that day. So you have to look at all these different things, the personality traits, and if they put themselves before the team or if the team is always first. Michael Crabtree, he can be good. He can do some good things. He does get lost in the shuffle sometimes. And, you know, like I said, last year he had a hot head and it affected my fantasy performance. John Brown, he's an up-and-down guy. Sometimes he's good for Arizona, sometimes he's not. He's never been asked to be the number one guy. He may Somebody's going to have to step up in this group and decide who's going to be the number one guy. Willie Sneed was a disappointment for fantasy in New Orleans, but he's still young and he still has an opportunity to do some things. So I'm interested to see what each of these guys is going to do. They were all free agents that weren't retained by their teams. Michael Crabtree, John Brown, Willie Sneed. So at this point, if we were to draft fantasy today, I'd say throw it up in the air and, you know, throw it at the wall and see what sticks because I can't say that either one of these guys is a true number one right now. And then outside of that, Brashad Perriman, who came out of UCF, I mean, the guy has not stayed healthy. He had a, a PCL injury that took a lot longer than it was supposed to take and has been somewhat underwhelming besides that. I pray and I hope for his health as long as the health of, as well as the health of everybody else. It's just in fantasy, it's not a healthy play for you. Alex Collins, he was the only thing that looked good when Jacksonville played Baltimore in London. So as far as your Baltimore backs go, I like Alex Collins. I think that people are going to draft him a little bit higher this year. I could see him going in the fourth round, depending on how many teams you have. You have eight to ten teams in your league, maybe the fourth round. I could see him slipping a little bit. I could see some people forgetting about him. But if he slips to you and you have that... Anywhere between, I don't know, the third to maybe the fifth round or something like that, pick them up, snatch them up. You know, people kind of question you a little bit. That's okay. Let people snicker and question you because it's the snickering and the questioning where I've had my teams that have gone to the Super Bowl. So let people think that you're absolutely nuts because they didn't do their research. But you did. You went to Hall of Fame FantasyFootball.com. You went to WakeUpCallDT.com. You listened to this show with Mike and I. And that's how you can snicker back a little bit. But in your head, don't, don't do anything. Just kind of smile. Let them know, yeah, you know what, guys, maybe maybe I made a bad pick, oh, maybe I'm an idiot. Play it up, play it up, have some fun with it, so that idiot could hoist the trophy at the end of the season. I think Alex Collins is the safest bet of anybody on this team, and, you know, as far as Hayden Hurst and, and Mark Andrews, it's been a while since Joe Flacco's had a tight end that stayed healthy that he could lean on, so I'm optimistic, but these are guys that are going to fall. I mean, there's there's going to be an opportunity to when somebody says in round number 12, 13, who's the uh, uh, the the Baltimore? Who's the who's the tight end, Dan? Who's the who's the starting guy now? So you're going to see that fall too, and you could slip into something good. I'm 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 more questioning the receivers and the tight end position than I am the running backs. I think if you're going to your first Baltimore player drafted should should be Alex Collins, and Joe Flacco, at best, would be a backup on my team for fantasy this year. Heading into Cincinnati as we stay in the AFC North, speaking here with Mike Safka, what are your thoughts on Cincinnati's fantasy value as we move forward? 
Well, Cincinnati is interesting to me because of their running situation, their their running back situation. Joe Mixon looked like he was going to be a terror last year. That that was tapered off a little bit. I think they've got some some things they've retooled on the offensive line a little bit. So I think things are going to look up. Giovanni Bernard should be a guy who, you know, if you're in a PPR league, is going to have some value. He's going to be like the third down guy. You know, Brian Hill hasn't contributed anything anywhere. And they've just brought in Mark Walton, too. So running back situation, that Mark Walton out of out of Miami is no slouch. So he may be able to, to creep up the depth chart, move above Brian Hill. And we've seen injuries play a part in the Cincinnati backfield in years past as well. I think Andy Dalton is mediocre at best at quarterback. He's not somebody that pops off the paper to me. He's number 25 on my list of quarterbacks this year overall. So, you know, you can look other places for fantasy, but he needs to be a game manager, and he's got some effective tools. I just mentioned a couple of the running backs. And then A.J. Green, top five wide receiver. You know, I'm not sure Brandon LaFell is really a number two even this late in his career. John Ross, one of the fastest guys at the Combine a couple years ago. Hopefully he's developed a little bit. We didn't see anything from him. So depending on his OTAs and minicamp and all that stuff, when I start looking closer at all the results and at all the footage and things that I can find, I think John Ross might be a guy who you may consider for a dynasty role. But, you know, watch that carefully. Don't overpay for him. And I like Tyler Eifert a lot. He's just got to stay healthy. Tyler Croft did a pretty good job filling in for him when he was out. So, again, now you got a couple tight ends. you got the Tyler and Tyler crew there. So outside of quarterback – I think that you might find value. You're going to find tremendous value in A.J. Green. Joe Mixon's going to fly under the radar for some people because everybody's on the newest and shiniest thing. They kind of forgot about him. He had a mediocre late year by his standards, not so much by a rookie standard, but by the standards everyone really expected for Joe Mixon. So you might find value there. Tyler Eifert may have fallen off people's radar a little bit because of his injury. So definitely some fantasy value there. You're not going to break the bank with this team. They're not going to win the Super Bowl anytime soon. Again, a mediocre team, but I see this team not better than the than the Ravens. I see this team possibly like a 6-10. and 10. Yeah, you know, we're looking at Cincinnati, and, and, you know, they let go of having A.J. McCarron behind them. I mean, Andy Dalton, if anything happens to Andy Dalton, they have Jeff Driscoll, Logan Woodside, and Matt Barkley. So, if you have team quarterback, there's not a lot of value with this. Andy Dalton, he's okay. He's okay. He's a, he's a little bit better than average. But he's not the guy that's that's my starter on my team. A.J. Green, I mean, you know, this is the thing. Mike and I had this conversation last year. Mike put him higher than I did. And, and the, my reason being for not putting him that high is the fact that he doesn't stay healthy. And when he does stay healthy, he's not all that consistent. He has his moments. He has some awesome moments. But I look at consistency in fantasy. I want somebody who's going to win for me week to week, who's going to do what he needs to do week to week and and make my fantasy season, not make my fantasy week one or make my fantasy week 15. If somebody's off, if somebody's hurt, if I got to fill somebody in, okay, then maybe Andy Dalton or A.J. Green. But A.J. Green's level of inconsistency in his health and the fact that there's no true number two 
in Cincinnati. Brandon LaFell, he's not a true number two. John Ross was a bust as a rookie. And now we have to watch to see if John's going to back this up, if he's going to do anything now. Outside of that, Josh Malone, Tyler Boyd, Alex Erickson, none of these guys showing up. Now, they did draft Alden Tate from Florida State, so that's kind of a, a little sleeper to look for, a little sleeper to pay attention to. They also have Kermit Whitfield from Florida State, who is a nice little return guy there, so that's something to look at. But at the receiving core, I can see you drafting A.J. Green. I think every year he gets drafted a little bit higher than I would draft him. I could see somebody drafting him in round two of a 10-team league. I'm not extremely sold on him. I think there's a lot of wide receivers around the country. But again, as talented as he is, teams that have good defenses, good secondaries, can shift and key in on him because there's nobody else to worry about as of right now. If John Ross improves, if Brandon LaFell improves, if any of these guys step up, then we could be looking at something different. But as it stands right now, the receiving core of Cincinnati hinders A.J. Green. Joe Mixon, Giovanni Bernard, Mark Walton coming from Miami. Mark Walton's a, a, a nice addition to this, and I'm going to kind of circle that. He's my waiver wire guy during the season because Joe Mixon's proven that he couldn't figure it out. Giovanni Bernard's proven for years that he couldn't figure it out. And they don't have to worry about Jeremy Hill anymore because Jeremy Hill is now with the New England Patriots. So I'm not sold on really anybody at these. Cincinnati is not a team that I'm I'm eager to pick in fantasy. Like I said, Andy Dalton, you know, he can fall, but I would hope that I would have a better backup than him. A.J. Green, probably going to go higher than, than I would place him. But, you know, I guess he's the best bet if I had to put my feet to the fire right now. Joe Mixon, I don't like his off-the-field antics. And I want to see what he can be with Giovanni Bernard without Jeremy Hill. But do I want to roll the dice? Do I want to do what I've done in the past, which is draft one of the Cincinnati backs and be pissed off that one week Giovanni Bernard has 100 yards, the next week he has 21, he has a touchdown, then he doesn't have a touchdown for three weeks. You know, Cincinnati, it's this constant use of multiple backs, but to nobody's fantasy positive. It's always to a detriment in fantasy. So, And it doesn't really help them win either. I agree with you, Mike. I don't think that this team's going to win maybe more than six games this year. We'll take a step aside for a fast break. We'll come back with more fantasy analysis of the AFC North as we go division by division. We'll be back in just a moment. This is a wake-up call, Fast Break. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is located on 3680 Milton Avenue in the Home Depot Plaza. It is your family-friendly sports bar and restaurant. Folks, some sports bars aren't family-friendly. Some family-friendly restaurants are not sports bars. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is proud to be both. It is that marriage that you've been looking for for years. The Wildcat Sports Pub is your home base for your sports bar and restaurant needs, games for the kids, indoor and outdoor activities, and enough things on the menu to come back every single week and get to try something new. They're open Sundays from noon to 8 p.m., Monday through Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., and Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to midnight. For reservations and party information, call 315 315- 487-2222 for the Wildcat family-friendly sports pub and restaurant.
consistency is, well, consistently hard to find. Unless you head to 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York, the home of the Penn and Trophy Center, who has been serving us Central and Upstate New Yorkers, as well as beyond, for decades. The Penn and Trophy Center on 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York, gives you an amazing and unique way to customize a memory today. Say it with the Penn and Trophy Center. Be it an Employee of the Month award, a sports award, something for your business, engraving for your family, your loved ones, anniversaries, birthday parties, and so much more, including remembering somebody who served in the military. Say it with the Penn and Trophy Center. 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York. The definition of consistency is Penn and Trophy. Browse their products on penandtrophy.com. That's penandtrophy.com. And call them for more information at 315-422-8797. That's 315-422-8797. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on wakeupcalldt.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt.com. DT, we are inside of the Fantasy Football Power Hour, which is now every Thursday, every Thursday of Wake Up Call from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time with my guy Mike Sofka of Hall of Fame FantasyFootball.com. We are discussing and evaluating the AFC North's fantasy value as we move into the 2018-19 season. We're going to go division by division, folks. So we're starting with the AFC North. And we have started with Baltimore and Cincinnati. We'll move on to Cleveland. Dare I ask you, Mr. Mike Sofka, the fantasy value of the Cleveland Browns who look like, at least on paper, they have depth at every position? Is that, is that, in, I mean, are you, are you sitting down while I say this? I hope you are, because it looks like Cleveland is far better prepared for the season than Cincinnati inside of the AFC North. What are your thoughts on the Cleveland Browns and their fantasy value? Yeah, well, John Dorsey's done a a great thing. I mean, he came in and walked into that situation with some first-round picks. Don't forget, this is a team that passed on a lot of quarterbacks, including Deshaun Watson last year and traded down. Well, they kind of benefited from some of those picks this year. You know, of course, they took Baker Mayfield number one overall shocked a lot of people but at the same time I I like what Baker Mayfield brings he brings some excitement some enthusiasm his deal is he needs to stay in the pocket if he wants to be successful in the NFL it's good that he breaks outside it's good that he makes things happen it's good that he can figure it out on a fly and continue to move the offense and make first downs and score touchdowns that's what you're supposed to do leading your attack down the field as a quarterback in the NFL but at the same time there's times where it's you know, the, the line is trained to develop that pocket for you for, you know, four or five seconds and that's it. You know, so you got to learn to step up into the pocket. And he didn't do that as much as they'd like to see him do that further on down the road. But first and foremost, he's got to win this starting job. Now, I think it's an automatic or a given. I think Tyrod Taylor is there to, to catch him if he falls. I think Tyrod Taylor is serviceable. And especially when you consider the tools around them. They just brought in Carlos Hyde, and what did they do? They go out and draft Nick Chubb. Now, Carlos Hyde may suffer a little bit for that, so temper your expectations there. If you're in a PPR league, don't forget about Duke Johnson. He's practically the leading receiver on that team. 
But, you know, receivers is where the money is at. That's where their cash cow is. I don't see them holding on to all these guys. But, you know, I think a Corey Coleman has future number one on him. Josh Gordon has future number one written all over him. I think Jarvis Landry has only led the league in receptions the past couple years. Oh, and then they bring in Antonio Galloway as well. So, you know, they're, they're heavy in the receiver. Uh, they're wide receivers. I'm sorry, their tight ends both stepped up last year, David Njoku and Seth DeVal. When, when either one of those guys was down, the other one seemed to step up. So, again, they got that 1-1A one one situation happening for them at tight end. So I don't think you're going to want to bank on Baker Mayfield this year. I think if you're in a dynasty league, that's great. I think you might surprise some people and do a little better than most think, though. I think the value is at running back with a Nick Chubb. PPR, you're going to steal Duke Johnson late. And you, I don't think you can go wrong with any one of the three receivers, Corey Coleman, Josh Gordon, or Jarvis Landry. But just earmark those guys as your number two at best, number three receiver, and your expectations will be met. And Antonio Callaway is, a, is amazing talent. If he can keep his head straight, this is a guy who couldn't get his head out of the clouds, literally. He was high all the time. There was something going on with weed with him at the school. There was something going on with the police with him at, at Florida. And then, sure enough, I think he was the one guy who failed the weed test at the uh, at the combine. So he has potential number one if he can keep his head straight. So hopefully these guys will pan out for you if you pick up on these guys. Team wise, I don't see Cleveland, you know, dominating this year, but I do see them with the potential with as many as nine wins, possibly going to nine and seven this year. Yeah, you know, and that's that's the crazy thing about this is that Cleveland, you know, has the opportunity to make a splash. They have the opportunity to to really rise and and be that team that people will run to fantasy wise, and that there there's value in Cleveland now. There's value at every position. If you get team quarterback, I'm looking at picking up Cleveland because I'm going to get Baker Mayfield and I'm going to get Tyrod Taylor. So for me. The jury's still out on exactly what I think is going to happen with Baker Mayfield, and I hope that Baker Mayfield is not going to turn into Johnny Manziel 2.0. I really do. I hope that the leadership is there and that he acts like an adult. But you have Baker Mayfield and you have Tyrod Taylor, and I think that you know that's a good team quarterback one-two punch to have because we know Tyrod can start, and Baker was the number one pick, so there's expectations for him to go out there and play as well. Carlos Hyde, Duke Johnson Jr., Nick Chubb, Matt Days. I like this. I like this depth. I don't know what it does for Matt Days, who was almost uh, Mr. Irrelevant, was second to last in 2017. He's a great pickup by them from NC State. Obviously, Cleveland did their homework. Somehow, this guy fell to the end of the 2017 draft, which is very shocking to me because I think he deserved a lot better. But, you know, when when we look at, at what he can be on this team because there's so many other guys – we're going to have to see how this thing shakes out. Any one of these guys can step up, from Carlos Hyde to Nick Chubb to Matt Days. I think that people are going to take a flyer on Nick Chubb. I think they're going to try and pick him up, maybe 7th round, 8th round, going to scoop him up when they can, maybe a little bit earlier if there's a run on running backs because Carlos Hyde's getting older and Nick Chubb's a rookie and they drafted him in the second round. But just pay close attention to your Matt Days type of player and where he kind of sits at here. And also... Fred Taylor's son, Kelvin, who's on the team as well. So, you know, there's there's a lot to be said about where 
we can go from here. And there's a lot to be said about what can happen with this running back core. But if you're in the heat of your draft, I would expect Dick Chubb to be the guy that goes probably Carlos Hyde as well. And it depends on what people are thinking, but I would draft Hyde first, get Chubb later. Duke Johnson Jr., like Mike said, he's a good receiver, but is he a good running back? No. So, I mean, I'm not looking at him to fill my needs there, and I'm really not looking at him for a lot of fantasy points. It depends on how this offense opens him up. So I'd probably stay away from Duke Johnson Jr., unless you really need somebody and you're in a pinch, but I look at him more as a wide receiver than a running back. Jarvis Landry, Josh Gordon, Corey Coleman, these are guys that can create for this team. We know that Josh Gordon, I mean, it's kind of sad. It's good for Josh Gordon, but it's really sad for Cleveland when he can be off the team for as long as he was, and the first week he comes back, he's the number one wide receiver. So, But in fantasy, you care about the yardage, you care about the targets, he's going to get them as long as he stays in the league. Jarvis Landry, because there's Josh Gordon on one side and now Jarvis on the other, this opens the game up. So I like Jarvis as a fantasy pick. I like Josh Gordon as a fantasy pick. And I like Corey Coleman as a fantasy pick because they have a better receiving core than Dallas and they got a better receiving core than a bunch of other people out there because Corey Coleman was drafted to potentially be a number one guy. Josh Gordon is their number one guy. And Jarvis Landry was Miami's number one guy. So I don't think you could go wrong with anybody here in Cleveland. My only question is who's going to be throwing to him. And remember what I've told you, and it's a cardinal rule for me of fantasy, every quarterback has their guy. So just remember that if the quarterbacks change during the season. Next up here, and to finish out the AFC North, the Pittsburgh Steelers, thoughts on the Steelers' fantasy value. Mike, what do you got going here? Well, I think in the draft, the Steelers did themselves pretty well, shoring up their defense a little bit, picking up a couple safeties and Thoreau Edmonds and Marcus Allen. I like the Oklahoma State wide receiver James Washington. He should play out of the slot right away. And I like what they did with the quarterback situation, securing Mason Rudolph for the future. Because let's face it, we know Ben Roethlisberger's in the twilight of his career as well. And he's flirted and talked about retirement many times. So, you know, whether he liked that pick or not, and whether he's going to contribute to Mason Rudolph's future or not, that's yet to be said and seen. But, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers had to do the right thing and protect themselves. Le'Veon Bell, you know, he's arguably a top three running back, arguably a top three player overall, especially in PPR leagues. And, you know, they have one of the top wide receivers as well, probably the top wide receiver, in my opinion, for the past several years in Antonio Brown, PPR or standard scoring. Juju Smith, Schuster moving up the ladder from the number three to the number two in my eyes here. I think he is totally capable of of winning out and beating a number two cornerback on anybody's team. He he kind of exploded on the scene, made Martavius Bryant very jealous when he came back, so we saw what happened there. James Washington should fill in nice. And they, you know, Darius Hayward Bay was only one of the fastest guys coming out of his draft class out of Maryland, so if he can contribute something, that would be great as well. I don't think there's any real worries with, you know, Jesse James or Vance McDonald blowing anybody away. So if you're looking to score points fantasy-wise, I got Roethlisberger, the number seven overall quarterback. You know what Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown can do. 
Juju Smith-Schuster, I got him as the number 18 overall wide receiver this year as well. So there's some def- definitely some fantasy points to be had on Pittsburgh's roster. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think, uh, you know, it's clear that we know that the Pittsburgh is going to bring it when it comes to Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster is a guy who has stepped up. He did do some good things. I think that he is a steal. I think he's going to fall in certain places. I think that, you know, you might pick him up in, uh, let's say, the, the the third round, the fourth round, when other people were going to wait and watch him fall for the fifth and beyond. I think Juju can be something to your roster, absolutely. I think James Washington's a nice addition out of Oklahoma State. He played with Mason Rudolph, who's also out of Oklahoma State, and the backup quarterback of potentially the, the quarterback of the future for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, you know, Big Ben, I, I don't I think the the clock is gonna kinda run on Big Ben pretty soon. I think if the team does really well this season, this could be the end for him. I think if the team struggles, maybe he comes back for another year. We'll see. But, you know, Ben Ben Roethlisberger's not a bad pickup because of the weapons that he has. Le'Veon Bell, obviously, he's the guy. But you also have to watch how he's playing because he was not happy, allegedly, with the Pittsburgh Steelers brass last year and going into the game against the Jacksonville Jaguars, like not showing up to practice or not coming in for those the morning workouts, whatever it may be. You know, this is a guy who, if he shuts it off, and he kind of has been noted as saying that he's going to do what he needs to do, but he's not going to do extra. He's going to do what has to be done, but not over the top of that. Well, that, that makes me question a lot of things as a fantasy owner. What does that mean? Does that mean if you only need nine yards for a first down, you'll get nine, maybe ten, but you're not going to burst forward for a touchdown? So, you know, I mean, this is a guy who's tagged. He obviously could be auditioning for other teams, but this situation in Pittsburgh looks somewhat murky. I don't say I, – I wouldn't not draft – Le'Veon Bell. I wouldn't say, okay, you know, definitely don't go after him. I would just watch it because attitude and effort has a lot to do with this game. Chris Johnson was a phenomenal running back who decided he didn't have to do that much after he got paid and look at what happened to his career. So I'm just saying Le'Veon Bell, his attitude could affect some things. James Conner, I love that he's there. I love his story. I love talking with Coach Pat Narduzzi about him. I'm really happy for him, and I'm happy that he's the number two guy there. Steven Ridley, I don't put a lot of value in. Fitzgerald Toussaint, not a lot either. Jalen Samuels, this is kind of a, for me, because I covered him at NC State, he's he's fun for me. He got drafted in the fifth round of the Steelers. Jalen Samuels can do a lot of different things. He was written down as a tight end on the team, but he played everywhere. He was a running back. He's a wide receiver. He's fast. He can create for Pittsburgh, and he can give them another element to their game that maybe they didn't have in their reverses or their flea flickers and whatnot, even their checkdowns and, and letting him kind of zip and zap and run this thing through the field. So I like Jalen Samuels as kind of like that, that sleeper, the one that you kind of let flow to the end. Don't forget that I said that. Le'Veon Bell, I like him. James Conner, I don't know how much value he's going to get you for touchdowns, but if they start using him by the goal line, I think that that would be great for you. And then as far as Antonio Brown, like I said, I mean, this is the no-brainer. Juju Smith-Schuster, yes. James Washington, I'm interested. I'm interested in seeing if James Washington or Jalen Samuels, what's go, you know, who's going to be the guy that kind of steps up here and makes things interesting. And I like Jesse James. And Jesse will will uh, probably, with this new catch rule, maybe help you out a little bit more here. But 
I like I like the lyrical Jesse James, and I like what he can do. I like the Big Ben looks for his tight ends. So you know, I I think that you can't really go wrong with Pittsburgh, whatever position you go to. And the jury's out for me on James Washington, how much they're going to use him. But you know that they go a little bit strong here. So I'm excited. I think that there's a lot of value to be had here in Pittsburgh, and I think it's great. Mike, any any thoughts, any rebuttals on the AFC North before we wrap up the North? Any other thoughts on that? Yeah, I think, you know, that that whole division is Pittsburgh's to have. I think it's theirs to lose. And, you know, I don't think they're going to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl next year, but I do think they'll win the North. I think the Ravens and the Browns will be right behind them, as well as the Bengals. It's going to be kind of like a bunched-up gathering, but I think Pittsburgh's capable of winning 11 or 12 games, winning the division. I don't think that, um, you know, you're going to see a second team. I don't think you're going to see a wild-card team out of the North, but I do think... The, the dollars are on some of the highlighted players we've talked about today from the Browns, from the Ravens, one or two from Cincinnati, and, of course, the big three in Pittsburgh. So if you got a team and you got some players from the AFC North, you'll be fine. And, of course, you know, for the, for the current rankings, when you need them, you can always check out my website, HallOfFameFantasyFootball.com. And coming from Mike Sofka, as always, here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. We're going to take a quick step aside. We're going to keep Mike here to wrap up the show and talk about a couple things going into this season. We'll be back in just a moment. This is a Wake Up Call Fast Break. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is located on 3680 Milton Avenue, in the Home Depot Plaza. It is your family-friendly sports bar and restaurant. Folks, some sports bars aren't family-friendly. Some family-friendly restaurants are not sports bars. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is proud to be both. It is that marriage that you've been looking for for years. The Wildcat Sports Pub is your home base for your sports bar and restaurant needs, games for the kids, indoor and outdoor activities, and enough things on the menu to come back every single week and get to try something new. They're open Sundays from noon to 8 p.m., Monday through Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., and Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to midnight. For reservations and party information, call 315-487-2222 for the Wildcat family-friendly sports pub and restaurant. Consistency is, well, consistently hard to find. Unless you head to 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York, the home of the Penn and Trophy Center, who has been serving us Central and Upstate New Yorkers, as well as beyond, for decades. The Penn and Trophy Center on 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York, gives you an amazing and unique way to customize a memory today. Say it with the Penn and Trophy Center. Be it an Employee of the Month award, a sports award, something for your business, engraving for your family, your loved ones, anniversaries, birthday parties, and so much more, including remembering somebody who served in the military. Say it with the Pendant Trophy Center. 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York. The definition of consistency 
is Pen and Trophy. Browse their products on penandtrophy.com. That's penandtrophy.com. And call them for more information at 315-422-8797. That's 315-422-8797. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Proud to be here with you every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. And always happy to have this man on the show, and his name is Mike Sofka. His place is Hall of Fame FantasyFootball.com, and his expertise is with this beautiful beautiful thing we call fantasy football inside of the NFL, and we appreciate Mike being here. We appreciate the Fantasy Football Power Hour, proudly brought to you by the Wildcat Sports Pub. With all that being said, Mike and I are going division by division to prepare you for the season. We've started with the AFC North, and we are spending time on each division each week so that you have ample time to plan, and so that we spend ample time on each team and not just talk about a player or two. With that being said, there's one conversation I want to have here on the air with Mike to let you know some of the things, you know, the apprehension of drafting a rookie, the apprehension of going out on the line and taking somebody. First time I played fantasy football, I drafted Fred Taylor. The entire room laughed in my face. And at the end of all of that, I was laughing when I had the rookie of the year on my team and fielded a phone call from the guy that laughed the hardest, begging me to let him go if we have a keeper league for the following season. And I said, I'm sorry, he sucks. And I hung up the phone because according to everybody, I was stupid. So I was going to stay stupid with Fred Taylor. Rookies, as Mike and I know, it depends on the team. It depends on the situation. It depends on the dynamic. It depends on how well they can get involved. And some people just have the raw, raw talent that they could fit in right away. But there is an apprehensive behavior of drafting a rookie. Or at least somebody saying, I'm not going to draft him in the first couple rounds. I'm going to let all this stuff go through, then I'll get after him. Mike, what are your thoughts on the conundrum of drafting a rookie in the NFL? Well, I mean, it's a little bit different depending on the scoring that you're in. If you're in a startup dynasty league, you know, you want to consider rookies more so than aged vets with high salaries. But, you know, you can't be afraid to make moves. And, you know, that's what fantasy football is about, is about taking some chances. But you got to take well-educated chances. You know, a lot of people say, oh, it's luck. There's a lot of luck involved. Well, luck stands for labor under correct knowledge labor under correct knowledge what that means is you've done your due diligence you've done your research you know who you're going to take you know what to pay for that player and if somebody else pays too much you move on and if somebody falls in your lap so be it it's a great thing i think the number one guy rookie wise that you want to keep your eye out for this year is saquon barkley i think he's the number eight overall running back right now that's in standard scoring he'll bump up a bit because he's going to catch the ball as well. I think he's a mid, with that, he's a mid to late uh, run, running back one. And then there's some other guys that you want to take some chances on too. Maybe as a late running back too, a Darius Geis. That's a guy who may be overdrafted in some leagues. Same thing with a Saquon Barkley. So somebody's going to take Saquon with the first pick, let him move on. This is a very running back heavy rich draft, especially with the running back rookies that are coming on board as well. Rashad Penny, another good low-end two 
high-end three running back should get a lot of the share of the work, should get the lion's share. I like the situation Ronald Jones is in, being thrust into that spotlight in Tampa. I got him as the number three overall rookie, the number three as far as all the rookies, regardless of positions. But I have him as a low-end running back two, high-end running back three. Sony Michelle, the only reason why this rookie is so far down is the team he's on, the Patriots. They're loaded at running back, but Sony Michelle is explosive. I think they're going to move him around the field, put him in the slot. Excellent PPR guy, and I think he's going to explode on the scene by the end of the year. And Royce Freeman, he should be the guy come year's end in Denver. I don't think Devontae Booker is going to do anything more. He would have done it by now. As a matter of fact, D'Angelo Williams, D'Angelo Williams, listen to me, D'Angelo Henderson may pass up Devontae Booker on that depth chart, but look for Royce Freeman to be the steady number one guy. As far as receiver, you really can't count on anybody right first cap out of the shoot at this point. It's going to take some time for some of these guys to to develop, but if you're looking to take a chance on some guys, why not take a chance on some guys that should see some targets? I'm talking to DJ Moore. I'm talking to Cortland Sutton. I'm talking to Calvin Ridley. I'm talking to Anthony Miller and a James Washington. These guys should get their share of looks and targets on the field. Those are guys you want to target for your three, four, fifth wide receivers. You know, at best, don't expect too much. If they fall to you, great. If they have a great year, great. And if you get them in a dynasty or expansion draft, that's a wonderful thing. A guy that have could have an immediate impact, there's two of them at tight end. And one is Mike Gusecki out of Miami. I like the situation there. They've been starved for a good tight end for a few years, and he seems to have the tools to be a blocking tight end as well as an excellent pass-catching tight end. So he should make an impact with temporary expectations, maybe a a high-end tight end three if you're going to carry that many, if you have a flex position as well. And then Hayden Hurst, number 32 tight end this year. I think he's going to do a lot catching the ball in a PPR setting. He should be fine. Just his career points to not scoring a lot of touchdowns overall so far throughout college, and that may haunt him and continue in the NFL. So he may not be the red zone guy. He may be the between the 20 guys, so just be careful with that. There's some there's some rookies you can – you know, find a value in. There's some rookies that will lead you to your championship. Just be judicious. Don't put over overly aggressive expectations on players. I don't see a rookie quarterback making a huge splash this year that's going to take you to your championship. Just look out for some of these guys. And as we get closer to the kickoff of season, which is about, I think, 91 days away, you know, just make sure you're staying tuned to us listen to the podcast and go to hall of fame fantasy football.com for the updated rankings and cheat sheets you know what mike i'm gonna say something crazy it sounds like you do your research <laughs> i've done i've done a few things once or twice yeah so it's, it sounds like uh mr softkin knows what he's talking about you should check him out at hall of fame fantasy football.com you will not be disappointed works very hard very diligently and there's a reason why I wanted him to be a part of this Fantasy Football Power Hour with me. Couldn't think of anybody better. So, as always, Mike, appreciate it. Thank you so much. We covered the North with you today and the rookie conundrum. We will move forward next week covering the AFC South and that team called Jacksonville that that I uh, have been around for a while now. So we'll do that, and we'll have a lot of fun with it. Hall of Fame Fantasy Football.com. Go check it out. 
and check out the new products that Mike is now offering, including one that is only $5. Mike, as always, I appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you so much, Dan. We'll talk to you next time. All right. Take care.